Welcome, everyone, to the Overseas Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Owens. Now, very fun. Alex Bentley is with us today. Alex played in the WNBA, played overseas, a huge name in women's basketball, a huge name in basketball in general. So, Alex, also with this intro, uh, now a uh, put a lot of money into an investment into Loop Mogul, which we're going to talk about as well. And uh, we're very excited to have you, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. So good to be here. I appreciate you with that nice welcoming warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And yeah, I'm excited. No, it's... So we try to show, you know, a lot that goes on behind the scenes of overseas basketball. And I think the big thing that everyone's talking about right now, Brittany Griner wrote the letter to the White House recently, which is absolutely crazy to me that there's a letter to the White House and people are just kind of like, nah, that was this she's been detained for days and months and you know, coming on, you know, half a year. And mm-hmm. it just seems like no one's really stepping up. And I know when they started the trial that people are saying like the crime that whatever she had on her was such a small amount and Mm -hmm. it's like it's just a fine but this is almost becoming something else so uh is it a problem that this is not a bigger deal uh is it a problem that you know this is not something that's the top story on the news every day yeah absolutely uh i i would 100 percent say it's a problem i mean um yeah i mean even for us personally like personally knowing bg it's just it's still unbelievable. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. It's hard to um, grasp that, you know, uh, she's she's a wife. She's a, you know, daughter. She's a, a friend. She's an incredible and amazing basketball star. Like, it, it, it's definitely a problem. More light needs to be, needs to shine on this, on this problem, on this um, issue. And it's, it's more unbelievable that, you know, nobody's really talking about it, right? That's that's the most saddening part about everything, right? Yeah. But Lord willing, Lord willing, she'll be home soon. I mean, something has to give at some point, right? It's, it's just yeah. too crazy. I, I think you hit it on the head. The, the fact that this is not a bigger deal, that this is not such a huge story. I mean, there's a – if and some, uh, you know, her coach put out the, the whole thing talking about, you know, if this was LeBron – shit would be done by now. Like it would be, he would have been home months ago. It would have been handled. It would have been taken care of. And because even, you know, because Brittany is not, you know, this mega star in the world of all of sports, it's almost glossed over. I mean, I would argue that she is though as well. mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to find a person who, you know, you say the WNBA that doesn't think of Brittany Griner. Yep. She was the original like the original, I mean, I know Lisa did it, but like she was the original that really brought that dunking back. Like, you know, her in high school going up and dunking and everyone's like, whoa, her doing the same thing in college. It's, she really brought that, that presence of that, that big, uh, I always say big man. And I feel like that's, it's like one of those phrases that we all say, like big man. Right, right. And then when you say, if you say big woman, you're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what are you, what are you saying right now? Right, right. No. But she brought that back to the, to yeah. the game where she Absolutely. had that strong post presence 
She can run the floor. She can do a lot of great things. She can shoot it's the ball. It's not even only, you know, what she can do on the court, right? It's also yeah. about who she is as a human being, as a person, right? So, um, as I said before, I mean, it's unbelievable how it hasn't gotten as much, like you said, clout in the, you know, in the news articles and whatnot. And But I, I think it's just a matter of time. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, like you said, this issue resolves itself very quickly yeah. and we can get this over with. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Your experience, because that's something that we as players who played overseas too, we look at it and we're like, oh shit. Like there's, it's not like that's, it's not something where we are shocked and that's right. ridiculous. Like we weren't shocked that something like this happened because it's, it's the wild west. It's lawless. So you, things like this can happen. Have you ever been in a situation where you're a little, you know, especially traveling? I always thought about that. I lost my bag. I was like, did I do something illegal? There's always right. something weird. Have you ever encountered something with your travels that you're like, this is not right. This is you know, not going to go I'm, well. I'm, I've never really done that. But like, just for instance, we're on this topic. So I'm, for example, like riding in a taxi, <laughs> right? Like riding in a taxi or something like that or getting those Ubers overseas, right? There's always that like, man, like I'm really overseas right now. Um, if something happens, it's going to be a pretty sicky situation, right? It's not going to be yeah. the same as something happening in the States or I'm more yeah. familiar with, you know. It, so those things definitely pop into your head from time to time. Um, but, you know, it, it's like the norm. It's the norm for us. Um, yeah. Just going over every year um, for me personally, doing it nine years, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the norm. And praise God, I've been able to, be blessed not to have anything, any incidents um, go down in my day. So, but obviously this is something just, um, it's truly unbelievable. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There is times when I felt like there was like a 50% chance that I was going to make it out of this alive. And it was in those situations where I'm just riding in a cab and I'm yeah. going to a place I don't know where I'm going. Right. I'm going away from the only place I knew where I was. Right. And you're just going, it's like just walking into the woods and being yeah. trusting that everything's <laughs> going to be okay. It's just, no, a, it's exactly. a different situation. There's yeah. a lot of things that people don't look at when you, when you go into that overseas route where you just kind of like, all right, you have to trust them because you're, yeah. you're by yourself. It's, it's yeah. you and that's pretty much it. Exactly. Exactly. So I know we've talked on the show about this, but the, the, a lot of the topics that have been brought up with it, with Brit, with BG uh, mm-hmm. and, and everything is the fact that people are starting to see how much more women athletes have to work than men, because mm-hmm. you play the WNBA season and then you're overseas and then you come back from overseas and you're right into the WNBA season and then you're yeah. overseas and it's just yeah. a grind. It's nonstop. Yeah. And people don't understand that. I think that's why people are like, what was she doing in Russia in the first place? And we're like, well, here's the thing. This is what you make over there. This is what you make here. Exactly. Do the math. Exactly. Yeah. That's up. Yeah. God. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. People don't get that we play here around. It, it's really funny to me. I mean, I, it's crazy how I have to explain, right, what my career looks like compared to what the NBA players look like, mm-hmm. or even the guys who just play overseas and not in the league, right? Yeah. Um, we have zero break. 
we have zero break. So all those birthdays, all those, you know, sometimes you get Christmas, sometimes you don't, depends on what country you play in, right? So all those holidays, Thanksgiving, like, for me, it's birthdays, missing birthdays, like, absolutely sucks. Like, even for me, my birthday falls in the fall when I have to go overseas, right? So yeah. I don't really get to spend time with my family for my birthday and for holidays and things like this. But we're over there, like, for seven months, eight months. We're over there for half, over half the year. It's, you know? And because people don't. the same thing here in, in, in the five years or, you know, half the year. And I think those are the things, and whenever something happens, I'm always on the, on the thought process of at least, you know, this could shed some light on it. Even as horrible as this was, yeah. hopefully it can help shed some light in this. And I think that's something that people are starting to wake up and see, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a professional athlete. I'm playing a full season in WNBA and I'm playing a full season overseas and I'm and like, guys overseas are still making more like there has to be some equality and i think with with what the u.s women's national team have done which has created this equal wages uh for the both the men and the women's national team there has to be some uh spotlight put onto the grind that women basketball players endure because it's way worse than anything else yeah i think about it myself i'm like i my summers were always spent chilling like to you know working on my game but like taking a break from the yeah. grind and you know not having that and you're you're like you said you you can only play for a, a, a certain period of time so if that certain period of time is spent every year you're just back and forth back and forth it's really rough it's really rough, rough mentally and physically on you oh absolutely i mean our it's about longevity right mm -hmm. right so for us, we're pounding, 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 grind, grinding full out, like, at, because you can't take a break. You can't take, where are you going to take a break? You're gonna, not going to take a break in the league and you're not going to take a break overseas, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not how we're wired. So just think of how much longer we could play as well, yeah. right? If we're not pounding our bodies throughout the year, every, like, every day. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine. They always say too. There's all these all these studies. Uh, I know um, you know college coaches have come out and said that you know we don't want our our players, we don't recruit players that play like one sport. And you're right. Like when you have that, because I'm sure it's the same thing in high school. Like you're now high school, college, for women's athletes, it's tough because high school college you're you're on that grind all the time there's AU there's you're playing year round college it's like you're working out year round then you go and you start becoming professional and it's like actual year round mm -hmm. i just think what you're there i know uh you know i was watching the the clip of the duke coach yesterday talking about you know it's going to continue being hard like there you don't get used like easy's not going to come so just get right. used to doing things and understanding that it's going to be hard and get used to the hard and you'll be fine. Yeah. But for, for women's basketball, I mean, it's, it's tremendous. And that's why I always, I'm fascinated when I talk to, you know, a prestigious player like yourself, because you've done things that men haven't been able to do that men aren't doing. So mm -hmm. I give you so much credit for the, for the ability to play two seasons of a, of the same sport and dominate both seasons. It's, it's incredible. And one of them being overseas, which we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
<laughs> Thank you for that. Appreciate it. No, it's been it's been incredible. So you've you know been been around France, Turkey. You played in the Russian league. Uh, you actually play for the nat- national team. Excuse me, national team of Belarus, mm-hmm. which is incredible. How did that become? Because I I understand how it becomes, but mainly for the you know the peons that are listening to the podcast. Like how did <laughs> how good. did how did that become where you became a uh, naturalized citizen of Belarus and were able to play on their national team? Um, honestly, you have to speak to my agent on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always, I always direct it to him. He loves me. So- um, yeah. Talk to my agent on that one, but no, I love playing for the Belarus national team. Um, obviously before, you know, everything has gone down. Um, and even now, I mean, I, I still have teammates there that I talk to all the time, you know, ask them about, you know, what's going on with them, their families, how they're doing. Uh, but yeah, the Belarus national team has treated me incredibly. I've been playing with them for, I think we're going on five years now. So it's, it's been, it's been a role. We're, we've been doing some things in, you know, in Euro basket and whatnot. And I got a, I got a good team. I got a good team. So they've been, they've treated me well and hopefully I've been able to repay them and helping them, um, with representing for their national team. How important, I look at a lot of, uh, and there's a lot of selfishness in this question because I have a daughter and I played <laughs> pro ball. So your father, you know, played pro football and mm-hmm. was a tremendous player. So mm-hmm. that work ethic, cause I'm, I'm, and listen, sometimes I almost ask questions just selfishly cause I'm trying to figure out like how I can, you know, steer her in the right mental path. Uh, was that was that something that was instrumental when you were growing up to kind of have that to be like, OK, this is this this person. He's done that. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do this. The, you know, what are what are those things that you kind of took from his experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as a kid, right, I'm growing up knowing that this dude played, you know, <laughs> professional football. He's been he's been in the trenches. He's grinded his way to get where he is. Right. So. Um, that's always been instilled in me. I think, well, I have, um, I didn't grow up with my, um, father through like my teenage years and things like Mm -hmm. that, but I did have, uh, my pops who was my stepfather and he also, um, he was just, and he loves basketball. Right. So it's funny because my dad, like he would get us into like everything, right. He just, you know, figure out what we like, figure out where we want to play, da, da, da. My pops, literally, he he just played, but he, he's basketball. Like, I'm always with, we're, we go with him up to the YMCA. He's playing, like, you know, those runs with the older dudes and everything. <laughs> That's how I started playing, right? I was, I was, you know, playing with old grown men, literally. Like, getting, like, pushed down to the floor at the Y and everything. Just, like, on the, you know, outside playing on those courts and stuff with them, getting scraped up. I freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I fell in love with the game. Um, I had both of them, which was incredible for me to have, you know, a professional, you know, someone who's did it before, someone who I I want to go do that. And then someone who is in love with the same game I'm in love with. So just having both of both of them, um, you know, guide me and help me out to where I am today has been incredible. And I think what was instilled in me was not only my work ethic, but also like my confidence. Mm-hmm. Um just, you know, having that mindset going out there, like nobody, nobody can stop me. I mean, I don't care who, I don't care if it's LeBron on the court, like I'm still about to beat you. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. Right? So that confidence and that work ethic 
um, was always instilled in me by both of them, which was great. That's, that's always the key because when you have uh, the talent, but you don't have the mentality, you have mm-hmm. the talent and the mentality. And that's, that's, those are what makes the, those players great. And even like the, some of the criticism that, you know, WNBA players, that NBA players get, that they're mm-hmm. not that killer because they mm-hmm. didn't win a championship. I'm like, guys, one team wins a championship. And I was talking yeah. about Steph Curry and just like his ability. I was talking to a guy who plays for the Celtics and he's like, he just doesn't stop moving. Like he's just so, he he's, he's must be the best conditioned athlete because he's just running on a full sprint for 48 minutes a game. And, you know, Marcus Smart can't stay in front of him. It's it's ridiculous. So when you have that, not only are you in love with the game, not only do you have the physical tools, but having that mentality, be like, you can't stop me. That's something that is it is that something you think is taught or it's just something that you start picking up based on the situation that you're in? You know, I think it's a little bit of both, man. I really mm-hmm. do. I think it's a little bit of both. Um for your daughter in mind, I, I think that, yeah, absolutely. You can instill that in her and help her, you know, um, with having that, that killer mindset, right? Yeah. Plant seeds now, right? Yeah, so that I'm she's... taking notes right now. Just so... <laughs> <laughs> Plant those seeds now, not like overly, you know, overbearing or anything, but you know how it is. You know how she yeah. cherishes you, looks up to you, right? So you know how to plant those seeds for her. But I think that's definitely – um what happened with 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 both my dads with my pops yeah. and my dad for sure that's awesome yeah. so taking us overseas you've been in some you've been in really tremendous competition mm-hmm. when you play overseas do you do you see because the WNBA almost shifts overseas like the most part most part everyone just goes overseas was it very familiar even though you're in a different country because you'd be playing the same people or you'd see that person and be like, Oh, that, or you'd be on the same team with someone that, you know, was it something that made it more, uh, made the transition easier? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, obviously, I mean, having another American period on your team or within the vicinity, it, it makes a hundred, like a huge difference on mm-hmm. your experience, your overall experience there. Right. Cause as I said before, we're not over there for one month, two months. We're there for like seven months, man, at least. Right. I mean, that's I would say the average is about six and a half months or whatever. Um, but people go there. I've, you know, you can go from seven for seven to eight months. So you're over there for a long time. So not having an American there to like help you, you know, connect a little bit with with something you're familiar with. I mean, that's tough. Right. And I've been in yeah. those situations before, too. But I have been blessed to be able to have great teammates um, every year overseas uh, I think the hardest transition for me was really on the court um, my first couple years overseas I was like I was almost terrible it's just like from coming from the league to go overseas it's just a completely different style of play for the women's game and for men's as well but it was just I I, I had my style of play right and it's like I'm a point guard I'm a combo guard I know what I can do I know what I'm supposed to do I come overseas and they're like no it's okay like Everybody touch the ball. Everybody pass, pass, pass. You don't have to go one-on-one. You don't have to uh, pull up in transition just because you're open. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do all that. It's okay. So, for me, my hardest transition going from the W to overseas was definitely that style of play. And it's it's just not as 
it's not as up tempo. It's not it's not as fast. Mm-hmm. Right. It's still fast in its own ways, but not fast in 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 its style. Yeah. That was really leading into my next question because that is when you have the the whole entire, you know, there's so much transition that is involved. Yeah. And to go from the WNBA directly to overseas and then back to the WNBA, you are it's like flip-flop, flip-flop. You're constantly having to adapt. Yeah. So your adaptability overseas really that's what makes or breaks you. And you said, I've done the same thing. I've gone to countries and been like, what the fuck is like, what is this? This sucks. And I hate this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not playing well because it's a completely different style. And some places don't fit your style. Like you have countries that will slow it down completely. And you're draw, you know, you can go and have 30 in one league and then you're dropping like 12 in this league and people are seeing your stats and you're like everything, your stress levels go up. So your adaptability for a for a woman in the WNBA playing overseas has to be tremendous to be able to adapt to that situation and that different style of play. It's incredible. I mean, the the your your teammates are playing differently. Your coaches are thinking differently, <laughs> right? Right. The, some of the rules are different. So it's just like it's fun though. It's definitely challenging for me. I like I like a good challenge. Um, honestly, I would say the hardest part for most women is the off the court, right? Just being away from our families, right? Not having those familiar foods, not having, you know, the language here, right? Nobody speaks English. Yeah. So that's always so funny to me, like on those Christmas breaks or whenever our break is to go home, like you finally get to like that New York airport or Miami airport or wherever you're coming (laughs) from and you sit down and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I hear English. Like there's, it's English. Wow. I'm back home. It's crazy. It's like a light bulb. It's like, I'm not over there anymore. It's crazy. But it's like, I also do appreciate, right. And I know for sure you, you have appreciated all the experiences that you've had overseas as mm-hmm. well. Just like being, you know, fully submerged in those cultures and those new languages and those new the foods, right. Just those mindsets. It's, it's really cool, man. I feel like, it, it all like just makes us more well-rounded at the end of the day, but that's me. <laughs> I, I complete that, that flying back. And I feel like everyone flies back to New York. It's like, you're, that's the pretty basic. So when you're coming back from, yeah. Go to New York and then go wherever you're going. Exactly. But yeah. th- that New York, I remember that New York airport. Cause I was at the same thing, not in the same place. There's different language. And I remember walking off the plane. And it was the craziest thing because people were arguing like down below when I'm yeah. walking through the little tunnel and yeah. getting off the plane, I'm walking and there's people arguing because it was snowing and they were like yelling at each other and like cursing each other at. And I was like, oh my God, it's so nice. It was just a weird thing. I was like, <laughs> how, how in the world am I so excited that there's two people about to fight and like cursing each other out? But it's like, they're speaking my language. I'm like, I'm home. This is great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel it. it. I feel it. Yeah. It's it's a different world over there, but uh, when you when you head over when you head overseas uh, and you're off the court, are there things that you uh, when you look at you know the food, the challenges, things like that? Uh, have you ever had like you know friends or people visit and you almost become that expert 
once you're kind of through that situation, now you become the expert and people come over and be like, oh, check this out. And you sit there and right. say, like, order your dinner. And people are like, holy shit, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been blessed to be able to have my um, parents come out. They've mm-hmm. actually they've actually been to Russia. So that was really cool. They've also been to Israel. But um, yeah, it's definitely nice going from like the tourists to be like the tour guide um, in a foreign country. It, it's definitely pretty cool. Um, you get there, you learn. Yeah. I have, yeah. Again, my teammates overseas have always been incredible. Um, so I usually, you know, get pretty acclimated with ease because of them. They help a lot. Um, but yeah, it's always nice showing showing the folks around for sure. A freaking foreign country. Yeah. That's <laughs> so let's go before we get into the uh, loop mogul thing mm-hmm. i want to hit you with the what what are you watching overseas are you streaming like do you what services do you have do you have netflix hulu do you have them all yeah absolutely yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah I, I get caught up on everything overseas that's mm-hmm. all I do. the best thing I in mean, the world yeah absolutely i mean come on what a we're already, you could be doing two days, you know, you're working hard, you know, yeah. the time, the time um, for me with the time zones and stuff, like my sleep is always constantly off. So I'll be up at like 4am watching some Netflix or something like that. Like, <laughs> it saves us, man. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to be able to have that entertainment, just have that alone time to, you know, rejuvenate, yeah. get it together. It's it, it give that, it gives that American view as well it gives you that american culture as well i feel like i would like stranger things yeah okay good are you caught up absolutely oh hell yeah yes i'm over here i'm saving i'm saving the last episode that they just brought out for like a watch party all right good i won't say anything but i'm no that but that's that's my favorite aspect of it is you're still involved that that be, being able to have that technology, you're still involved in the American culture because that's every what everyone's talking about on social media. And social media, having that, still having that access to American culture and being like, oh, I'm checking it. I'm watching the same thing you are. I'm watching the same thing you are. Mm-hmm. That's got, I, I feel like that gives some, some levels of comfort because I'm thinking back when I played. I mean, I played, I retired in like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. So Netflix didn't exist. Netflix was like, you would get the, I would, I would get a DVD and then I would mail it, give it to the postman and he'd mail it out. And then like three days later, a new DVD would come like, Oh, sweet. Like (laughs) that's old school, old school. I know. No, I hear the stories about like the older heads used to have to, you know, literally write letters, like get letters sent from home and like every, I'm just like, I already know I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have it all. I mean, even the little things like you're talking about Netflix and stuff. I get like NBA league pass, NFL uh, like league pass. My, the mo- the best times that I have is when I know a freaking football game just happened, then I'm gonna go home and watch it after practice. Like I'm just uh, like, yes, back home Sunday <laughs> night football on Monday, but it's cool. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> that it, it does. It gives you that. It gives you that sense. But there's nothing better than mm-hmm. being in another country and being able to watch your team. Like I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm like a Philadelphia okay, fan. Philly. So like wa- checking out the, watching the Eagles and stuff. I remember watching, I've watched like the Super Bowl in a hotel in like Columbus, Georgia, when okay. they were in the Super Bowl back in like the day. It's just, but that's yeah. what I feel like. It, it gives you that sense of relief that you still have that like little bit of home 
to hold on to. Oh, absolutely. It helps a lot. So let's go into this, this loop mogul because you've done some pretty incredible stuff and, you know, throw 40 K to build your own, you know, to build your own arena, you know, have your own this because you've been involved in like the NFT and like being, been involved in stuff where you're, you're looking to expand. So why, why this metaverse? What is it about Loop Mogul that you find so fascinating? Um, it's literally the first sports athletes, like professional athlete influenced, right? So that's unheard of, right? So, I mean, just the, the mindset, the ideas, the creativity of um, my partners behind Loop Mogul and everything that they're doing and accomplishing, like it, it hasn't been done before. Um, so I, it, they've just set the stage to become, you know, the leading platform in the sport for sports athletes, sports enthusiasts, mm-hmm. uh, fans, right. To be able to go somewhere where we can all engage with each other. And I think that's just super cool, right. Because as professional athletes, a lot of us want to give back, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're searching for ways to support our communities. We're um, searching for ways that help provide more for our families and, and give and give um, to those in need or whatever it is that, you know, God has put it on us, on us to, to do. Um, so for me, just being able to engage with fans and being able to, you know, um, put smiles on their faces or, or help them out or do what it like. I think that's just so cool. Right. Yeah. I think it's so awesome. And obviously, you know, technology where it's going, this metaverse, this industry, um, just the opportunity, man, the possibilities are, are endless. And um, I really believe in, in Loop Mogul and what they're doing and what they're about to accomplish and what they already have accomplished. And um, yeah, so that's why I'm, I signed on and I'm excited to be a part of, uh, of the brand. Yeah, for sure. I think it's incredible. And I've heard this so many times just with like different ventures. Uh, when I retired, I kind of, you know, you're, you become an entrepreneur. There's different things that I'm doing. And there's so many things about being into an industry that doesn't exist. Like you are actually creating an industry. And that's what, that's what be, those big time successful people do. They create their own industry. They create like an entire branch of something that might exist, but they're making it completely their own. And like you said, Loop Mogul is creating that, uh, like this brand new interactive thing with athletes which I think is just like incredible. So yeah. my question to you is what advice do you have for those young athletes that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are on the, on the fence about something like uh, Loop Mogul or something about a, like Metaverse or something about NFTs? Because some people are like, what is this? What, do you, what yeah. is it even? And I thought it was a great example. And I, of course, he actually told me this. He's like, it's, it's like baseball cards. He's like, you you had a whole stack of baseball cards and I was like, hell yeah, I did. And you were trading them for value and stuff, but they were pieces of cardboard. They were nothing. It was completely just like useless pieces of cardboard and they were worth this much money. It's nothing different. So what do you say to a young athlete that's thinking about joining or becoming involved in something like, like, like loot mogul? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like you said, there's just so much excitement around a company that's doing it first, right? Who's being a front runner, Um, being, you know, a pioneer myself, like with this company, it's just like, 
you, you want to get your foot in the door and, and things like this, like opportunities like this only come knocking, you know, not, not, not very often. Right. So my pitch would be to first, obviously like you have to educate yourself a little bit on this stuff. You know, you have to research a little bit more about cryptocurrency, about mm-hmm. NFTs, about the metaverse um, to try to wrap your head around what exactly it is. Like Corsley said with the trading cards, um, but then it's basically, have you seen Ready Player One? I have. Yep. Yeah, okay. So Raj actually gave me this idea too, because it resonates with me. I'm a movie buff. So Ready Player One, <laughs> I love Ready Player One. It's like my, uh-huh. one of my top like 10 movies of all time. It's incredible. So it's like Ready Player One. You, you, see, you see these things, they're tangible, right? Physically. And we're basically making things tangible digitally digitally uh-huh. right and we can trade things you can you do whatever the sky's the limit but i don't know my pitch isn't very good right now but it no will. i love uh, trust better. me i'm like <laughs> it'll be better it was incredible it's, because it's definitely hard to explain right it, it's it definitely is. hard to explain but once you get and grasp the concept then it's it's easier to i 100 percent like you said i think the biggest thing is is having you know having guys and girls do their own research, you know, check this yeah. out, you know, yeah. this is, do your research and, sh- and see that this is the first of its kind. It's going to revolutionize, uh, you know, even sports interaction, interacting with athletes. I mean, you have social media, but let's face it. If I'm se- if you're sending like a, just a regular fan and you're sending a message to you on Instagram, chances mm-hmm. are, it's going to end up in that like non primary mailbox and there's like thousands of messages and you're just like what the like what what it's mostly spam and you're like all right you just end up deleting it all that's unfortunately the long and short of it and people get mad but that's what it is so when you have something where you're actually able to talk and interact and play games with you know stars like yourself it's got to be pretty cool yeah i mean i would say just look at the metaverse and what's coming as the next internet right Mm -hmm. next internet I love it. So going into back into your WNBA career, you, you made an all-star, you, you know, you were in a WNBA all-star and something like that. I don't know. There, there has to be a level of confidence that now you'll have for the rest of your life, because there's no one who can ever take that away. And be like, I was a WNBA all-star. Like it, you could be 70 years old and they'd be like, oh my gosh. And you'd be like, I was a WNBA all-star. And you're like, here, I'll, I'll do whatever. You, it's, it's such a great title. When yeah. you went through and you got that all-star bid mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. was that, what was your feeling? What was your experience when you, when you found out, got the call that you were an all-star? Yeah. Man. I mean, you were killing, you were killing all year. So yeah, it, yeah but you, what was that? What was that like? Uh, it was incredible, man. Just such a blessing. I mean, I have wanted to play the game of basketball. I've known that I wanted to be a professional athlete since five years old, right? So just growing up, being able to grow up in the backyard of the Indiana Fever, watching Tamika Catchings do her thing, like watching Katie Douglas do her thing, and then watching everybody else come in from the different cities doing it. Like, I grew up literally loving the game. Obviously, one of my goals and most of our goals are to be the best and greatest we can be. So all stars upon them, right? Championships are upon them. So just being able to hit that milestone and hit that um, goal was, was absolutely, uh, I mean, it was incredible. 
It was absolutely incredible. Um, full circle moment for sure. And <laughs> being able to share that with my family was, was really, really cool. The WNBA is talking about expansion. I mean, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm on social media talking about the, you know, Philadelphia needs WNBA team. Yeah. Pushing for expansion because with the, I mean, I always talk about playing professional basketball and having a career. People are like, why is Udonis Haslam still like, why give him a contract? Just make him a coach. And I'm trying to explain to people like, listen, he's a player and he can do things. Once you switch to the coaching side, the relationship changes. Like you're a coach now. Like there's, you don't have that same intimacy or that ability to talk to the guys or girls like you did before. Uh, So when you, when you have that longevity in professional basketball, it's incredible because every year there's thousands and thousands of people coming to take your job. And Mm -hmm. then the next year there's thousands. And to be able to hold on to that is so huge. And the WNBA expansion is so big because there is constantly such turnover and, you know, big name player. It's just, it's tough to stay in the league when there's constant turnover. Mm -hmm. And even like, I feel like there's, there's like a, a top college star because everyone's watching the NCAA tournament, a top top college star and all these college girls come in and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is this that I saw them here. It's like, they almost push out players that might be better, but they're like, you know, that, that, that potential, and plus, they might bring in more people. They might sell more tickets. Right. So with the WNBA expansion, is that something that you're rooting for to kind of be able to have this huger talent pool of athletes being in the WNBA? I mean, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, 12 teams, and that's all you get. I mean, there's only 154 spots. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. It needs to be expanded. It's, it's past due. You yeah. know, for, for the expansions. Um, but with that expansion, I'm hoping to see um, the W put the money where it needs to go in order for more players, more talented players, more skilled players um, to represent the league as they ought mm-hmm. to be able to. I love that. You have so much experience both overseas in the WNBA. You're a very well-rounded athlete. And now you're involved in this. It, when you when you signed on the Loop Mogul, was this something too that you're thinking about, like for the future, for your future, not just you know during your playing career, but like beyond? Is this something oh. you're like I can keep this going and build this post career? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, it metaverse is the future. So if I'm looking ahead right now, right, it's just like me. Um, putting my stocks back then into Facebook. Yeah. Right? When Facebook was nothing and it was just coming up. And it, it's the same thing that's happening right here, right now. So that's mm-hmm. another type of pitch that I would give to um, these other athletes and these other ambassadors that will come along later, right? Um, you're basically investing in a trillion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's kind of hard to go wrong there um, yeah. with, with the future and where technology is going. Um, it, it's pretty hard to make those mistakes with the cryptocurrency community, with the metaverse community, um, and where technology and where the future of technology is going right now. Because um, it's not going to stop. We've seen it, right? We've seen yeah. it over the course of our own lives. Like he just said, DVDs, you had to get DVD shipped. Now we have Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that simple example right there. It's just like technology is moving at a, at a very, very um, fast pace. And 
in order to keep up with it, in order to capitalize on it as as athletes, I think Loot Mobile is the absolute top tier um, company and 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 um, platform to to get involved with, man, for sure. Especially for us, because of also not only are they building this incredible platform, but the people behind it are also incredible in their own right. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the type of people that I like to do business with. Um, people who are not only out for their own interests, but are out for the interests of all athletes, all sports yeah. athletes, all sports fanatics, right? Fans, everyone. Um, so this this platform is is something incredible. Um, I'll be telling you, you know, five years from now, you know, didn't I tell you? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so yeah, hundred percent. Lou Mogul, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> last last question. Craziest story where you were like what in the world is happening like you know off the court on the court we all have that overseas story where you're just like I can't believe this is currently happening to me like I can't believe this is where I am it could be good it could be bad but like that crazy story where you're just like what what I mean there's I went to Kosovo and I'm driving off the air driving away from the airport and we like all of a sudden we hit and we're starting like bumping. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I looked and we were on a dirt road. I was like, this is the capital of the country. Like what the fuck? Like what is happening? Like, why am I on a dirt road right now? It's the airport. It's the main airport. (laughs) Dude, Kevin, that is such a hard question. There are so many incidents. You already, you already know, man. You already know. Um, Obviously the most recent would be G, but I won't go there. So I'll just give you a, a nice little fluffy, funny one. So it was one, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you the country. not going to tell you the coach, nothing. Yep, there nope. was one game we were about to go out and play. The, um, the strategy for the game was for the guards to defend the bigs and for our bigs to defend the guards on the other team. What? And it wasn't, it wasn't like everybody was smaller. Everybody was big, man. Like, it was like regular, like one, two, three, four, five. And so did we had the same. So yeah, I don't know um, where that strategy came came uh, from or uh, how they came up with it, but that was very interesting. That was definitely one of those, um, am I where I am right now type of moments? Yeah. Like what is happening? What's going on? So, overseas, yeah. I feel like they the some of those overseas coaches and trainers, they're always trying to reinvent the wheel. They're like, Dude. Because you had like a guy like Dirk or Luca who comes over and is able to be successful playing a certain style. They're like, what if we play with like our shoes on our hands? And they're like, well, <laughs> fuck, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And you're like, no, right. it doesn't. Like, what are you talking about? I know, I know. Like crazy. Could you imagine going out there and just like guarding <laughs> this opposite freaking person that you're not supposed to be guarding this player? It would, it would, it it would confuse you for maybe one trip down. You'd be like, what the, why, what, what is happening? And, and also like the next time down, you're like, give me a, Us and on. them. <laughs> well, yeah. Alex, I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you hopping on. You have accomplished so much with your career, your personal life, uh, an incredible role model, incredible athlete. And we're super excited that you were able to hop on today and share your stories and share your experiences with us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You guys are doing incredible things and I'm I'm all, I love it. All love and peace. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And thank you so much. Alex Bentley, 
This has been the Overseas Famous Podcast.